Welcome to the sermon podcast of First Church of Christ, where our goal is to lead generations into a life-changing, ever-growing relationship with Jesus Christ. We pray that you are encouraged and challenged by today's message. Well, it's good to see all of you. If you're on the line, we're really glad that you're here with us as well. Uh, want to just remind you, uh, 10 a.m. next Sunday, don't come here. Go to Kehoe Park. 10 a.m. celebration service. We're really excited. Uh, we're not only going to just thank God for the fact that he's been faithful throughout 100 years of ministry through First Church of Christ here in Bluffton, but we're also going to just consider what, what where do we come into play in that in that journey and that legacy, and what can we uh, try and do as we move forward as a church. And then 11 a.m., we're going to start all the fun and festivities uh, the food trucks, the ice cream, the face painting. Adults, I want to see some face paints on your faces, okay? Not just for the kids. Maybe getting a hundred emoji, the 100 emoji on your face. I think I might do that. Um, so definitely be there. Cornhole tournament, get signed up when you're there if you want to try and see how good you can fling it against everyone else. But definitely invite your friends, invite your family, invite your neighbors, invite strangers on the street, but don't invite your cat, okay? I know. <laughs> If you've seen the video, you get that uh, that joke. So six years ago, uh, I had a bright idea, y'all. Um, I hadn't been working out at the time. I hadn't been doing any sports at the time. And so I just figured, let, let me get in shape. Uh, and so I decided to, uh, I had this, uh, somebody gave me these DVDs of a program called P90X3. You remember that, P90X? Yeah, yeah. Some of you tried that. You're like, yeah, I did that one day. Um, so here's the thing. P90X3 was 30 minutes long. Okay, that's it. Just 30 minutes. I thought like, well, you know, 30 minutes is not a big deal. Like I, I can, I can do 30 minutes. That's, that's no big deal. Like, cause I, I felt like I, I didn't, hadn't been working out, but I still, I still had it. You know, like I still, I still had it. I could go back to the glory days brand and, and I could, I could do it. Um, and so like I had just the goal of getting ripped, you know, just that small little goal. And so I did the, the P90X3. No, no warm up, no nothing. I just went in. And, uh, y'all, 10 minutes in, I'm thinking, like, has it, is it 30 minutes? Like, is, this has been forever. And so 20 minutes goes by, 30 minutes goes by, and I did it. Like, I, I completed all of the moves, y'all. But, but as the adrenaline started to subside, I felt like I was gonna die. Like, I just felt like I'm just going to lay here and this is it. Like, this is how I go. I, I can't even move. I can't even think about moving. The more I think, the more I just want to be done. And I thought maybe, you know, the, the headlines tomorrow, we're going to read, uh, local pastor tries P90X and dies. Like, you know, just, I, I didn't think it was going to work out. And, and I didn't do it for very long. But have you ever misjudged something? Like, I misjudged my, my, my level of conditioning, my level of in-shapeness. Have you ever misjudged someone or something or misjudged yourself? Because I totally misjudged that workout. I did not know that that was coming. Uh, maybe some of us, you, you know, like, have you ever, you remember watching those, like, American Idol shows back when it was, like, not season 80, you know, like, back when it was new and cool, where you would, like, and there's other shows now, where you watch someone, they come up on stage, and they sing. And, and all of us are doing this, y'all. All of us are looking at this person and thinking, well, maybe. But, but some of, sometimes someone comes up on stage and you're like, no, no, it's just not going to, it's not going to happen. It's not going to work. Uh, and if you're like me, like I would watch episode one of American Idol because it's all the tryouts. Cause that makes me feel better about my singing ability, you know? <laughs> 
But back in the day, there was this lady in uh, Britain's Got Talent. Remember, remember her? Um, like, if you just saw her on the street, you'd think, you know, definitely not going to sing very well. Just never. Nope. And, you know, we're just judging her based on her appearance. But then she started singing, uh, and, and it was like angels from heaven. You're just like, wow, did I just die? Am I in heaven right now? Um, and so, like, have you ever misjudged someone? Have you ever been judged? And misjudged by someone. Like maybe just someone because they first met you, they just thought you were some certain way. And that's definitely not how you were. Or like some of us, you know, uh, we, we don't need to go back too far. But let's go back to middle school. Some of us have to go back really far to get to middle school. Remember back in middle school? Like you remember like gossip and judgment and like everyone was like, you remember back in those days? You know, like adults, we do this today. We just call them prayer requests. We still gossip plenty. It's like we just never got out of middle school. So high schoolers just understand uh, you, you, you're closest to middle school age and you just know the, the fleeting activities of middle schoolers. Just don't do what us adults do and we just call it something different. Uh, but we've been judged by people. Sometimes people gossip about us. They just call them prayer requests. Sometimes uh, we, we judge other people and we, we get it wrong sometimes. And so uh, the, the thing about it is, is that there's a Bible verse in Scripture that whether you're a Christian or not, whether you've ever been in church or not, uh, well, you're here, so you're, you've been in church at least once. Um, but if you've ever read the Bible, it doesn't matter. Like, you know this verse. It's, you don't know where it comes from, but you know the verse. It's do not judge. Hey, don't judge. Right? D- don't judge. We're not there yet. Don't Don't judge. And, and really, when this comes up in conversation, it usually is used to communicate one of two things, right? Uh, one, leave me alone. Or number two, mind your own business. Or the combination of leave me alone, mind your own business, right? Do not judge. Don't judge. And we've used this probably uh, at times when, when like some judgmental person is coming uh, against us with something, something else that they have to say, right? Like who of us likes to be around judgmental people? You know, like, do we like that? No, because someone there's always someone got something to say about what we're doing, what we're wearing, what we're thinking, what we're not doing. And, and we just don't really like being around judgmental people. And, and here's the thing about that verse. Uh, Jesus did say, do not judge. And so here's, here's the thing. If, if we get this thing wrong, if, if that's the way we go about life and relationships, um, then we're missing out if that's how we end it. So like if you have relationships, right, and, and you are going against, going, going with the idea that I'm just not supposed to judge anyone. Some of us really like that because that means that we don't have to say anything about anyone whenever they go down a bad path. Like we just say, well, I'm not supposed to judge. It's just their problem. It's, and, and we like that. Um, but what if do not judge? What if there's more to it? What if there's more to it? Or let me ask you this. Are you sure you're not supposed to judge? Are you sure? Because while Jesus did say, do not judge, he also said some other things. And that's what we're going to look at today. Today we're going to look at something that's so key to our relationships with people and our relationship with God. And if we get this wrong, then we will not grow into the people that God wants us to be. So Jesus said, do not judge, but is that the end of the story? I would say not. So hopefully you got a Bible or a way to access the scriptures. Matthew chapter 7 is where we're going to be. And Jesus is in the middle of preaching the greatest sermon ever preached. It's called a Sermon on the Mount. 
So he didn't go to Kehoe Park, but he went to a mountainside. And he had this sermon. And in this sermon, he says these words. So Matthew 7, verse 1. If you want to be a good friend, you want to be a good spouse, you want to be a good family member, you want to be good at relationships, this is really important to get. So verse verse 1, chapter 7, Matthew 7. This is what he says. Do not judge. There it is. Let's call it a day. We'll just go home. Okay. All right. We got more today. All right. Do not judge. What does he say? So that you won't be judged. Do not judge so that you won't be judged. There's more to it. Uh, if you judge someone, then uh, Jesus is just identifying the fact that if you are judgmental to people, they're going to be judgmental to you because no one likes to be judged, right? Uh, but I find it interesting that the reason people memorize this uh, part of this verse is because they have dealt with a lot of religious people, Christians or, or some other, uh, who were mean to them. Like, that's why we have this in our, in our heart, in our mind, in our soul, the idea of do not judge, because a lot of us have been judged by some religious people, right? A lot of us, because, because of this, because of the people who uh, would cause us to memorize, do not judge, hey, don't judge me, uh, it's those people, they made it to where it took us longer to follow Jesus to make that decision than it should have. Like, if you follow Jesus now, maybe the reason you hesitated first is because the people who were supposed to follow Jesus and supposed to love God and supposed to love people like you, they didn't. Some of us, we've had church hurt. And the very people who God called to be your brothers and sisters in Christ were the people who hurt you. And therefore, you've adopted this idea that, hey, don't judge me. Please leave me alone. Because whenever you get in my life, whenever you get in my business, it doesn't work out for me. So don't judge. And I find it interesting that that's the, the reason Jesus included, I think, this, these three words, do not judge, in his sermon, was because of a different religious group. See, sometimes when you uh, get to be convicted upon some kind of beliefs that you hold really dear, and you're convicted about it, you're really passionate about it, sometimes you can become so passionate that instead of being a, a, a person who comes alongside of people and, and brings them toward Jesus, you become the person who pushes people away from Jesus because you're so mean about it. But Jesus was speaking to uh, some Pharisees. So there's a religious group back in the, in the first century who really, they, they took it seriously to try and follow God's commands. And if people didn't follow God's commands, they, they pushed them away. They said, you, you're, you're unworthy. I don't even want to be like you. They even prayed prayers where they would say, God, thank you for not making me like those people. And, and this is what Jesus said to uh, some people in John chapter 7, verse 24, about this whole judgment thing. He said this, do not judge by appearance, but judge with right judgment. So maybe there's something more to the whole do not judge thing Maybe he's saying that we just usually get it wrong. So is this it? Is it it? Like, I won't judge you, and you won't judge me, and we'll all be a happy family. Is that how it goes? Well, let's go on. Jesus says this, verse 2. He says, For you will be judged by the same standard with which you judge others, and you will be measured by the same measure you use. We've talked about this recently, right? In the, in the book of James, where we're just in. Where if you have some kind of standard where you expect other people to hold and you don't hold that same standard yourself, you're being a hypocrite. Uh, you're going to be judged by that very same standard. So if you are always expecting someone to get to a pinnacle that you, uh, you yourself have never gotten to, you're going to be not only a judgmental person, but you're going to be really, really sad at life. 
You're going to be sad with your life, and you're not going to have many relationships that go past the surface because people are always knowing that you're going to try and hurt them with your words. And so Jesus is trying to get us to understand that if you are going to judge someone, you need to understand that that very same level of judgment is going to be put on yourself. So let's go on. Verse 3, he, goes, he says this, Why do you look at the splinter in your brother's eye, but don't notice the beam of wood in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, Hey, bro, let me take the splinter out of your eye. And look, there's a beam of wood in your own eye. Okay, y'all, okay. Jesus is hilarious. Y'all just have to see it. Because sometimes we read the Bible like, Okay, yeah. Uh, or how can you say to your brother? No, no, like just get this. Just picture it. Put it in your head. Just okay. He says, "Why do you look at the splinter, little tiny splinter, in your brother's eye, but don't notice the beam of wood sticking out of your own eye? Can you imagine it? Or how can you say to your brother, "Hey, bro, let me take the splinter. Let me just get. I got my tweezers here. You know, just let me take that splinter out of your eye and look, look." The Greek in there is very emphatic. Look, the beam of wood. There's a beam of wood in your own eye. Can you picture this? Let me help you. You're walking around. You know, it's a good day. It's a Monday. Hey, guys, what's up? It's good to see you. Yeah. Uh, what's up? Oh, I'm, I'm living life. It's good. I'm better than I deserve. You know, blessed and impressed with myself. You know what I'm saying? And we're really glad that you're here. Oh, hey. Hey, yeah, how's life been? Okay, cool. Yeah. Did you notice that thing in your eye? Hold on. Let come come over here real real close. I well, why are you why are you dodging and weaving? What are you doing? You tripping out or something? What's in that coffee? You got just creamer or you got something else? Uh-huh. Yeah, I saw the white stuff going in there. I'm just tripping. I'm just fine. Uh and so hey, can we get coffee? I just want to talk to you about something. And so, you know, the next day you're like, hey, let's get some coffee. You sit down at the coffee table at Hughes, and you sit down, this is you sitting down. Um and and you're like, hey, I just really need to talk to you about something. Um I don't know if you know this, um, but you've got a little splinter in your eye. And I, I know, I know, I just want to let you know, because I really want you to get rid of that. Because, I mean, who likes to have a splinter in their eye? Uh, you know, like, why are y'all, why is everyone duck around me when I go around corners or something? That's ridiculous, y'all, right? Like, that's what Jesus is saying. Jesus is hilarious, and he's given us this picture of someone who doesn't get it. They don't get their own sinfulness. They don't understand the, the ridiculous hypocrisy that they are living out. Jesus is putting this picture of what oftentimes we do when we do judgment, when we are people who are trying to identify something else in someone else, something like their sin, their whatever, and, and we want to help them. And yet, we've got this big beam of wood sticking out of our eye. Wouldn't it be helpful to deal with that first? Right? And so Jesus is, is, he's saying don't judge, but then it's almost like he's saying, hey, um, you need to recognize what's going on in your own life before you start worrying about everyone else. Uh, isn't it interesting though, like we do this kind of thing on, on uh, all kinds of levels ourselves. 
Uh, Ray Pritchard, he's a pastor. He, he had these kind of examples of how we tend to, and we all do this, y'all. Like whether you're Christian or not, it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter where you come from. We all do this. Where how we diminish our own issues, our own sins, and we, we elevate everyone else's. Like we call theirs what it is and we diminish our own. Here's some examples. Hey, 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 you're a cheater. Cheater, cheater, chicken eater, you know, whatever. Um, I, I'm just bending the rules. You're a cheater, I'm just bending the rules. It's just a little bend. It's not a big deal. Or you're a liar. You liar. I merely stretch the truth. No big deal, right? Hey, you lose your temper. Uh, I have righteous anger. Yeah. Uh, Hey, you're a jerk. I'm just having a bad day. It's just a bad day. I'm sorry if I offended you. Don't be so offendable. Hey, you have a critical spirit. You're You're always critical all the time. You have a critical spirit. I bluntly tell the truth. I'm just bold. I'm blunt. I just tell it like it is. Hey, hey, you gossip. I share prayer requests. Holy, y'all. I'm just holy. Hey, you curse and swear. How dare you? I let off steam. That's all. I just let off steam. You're pushy. Man, you're always just pushing people around. I am intensely goal-oriented. You're greedy. You're greedy. You're just always trying to get some money. You're always greedy. I'm simply taking care of business. Taking care of business. You know what I'm saying? Every day. Every day. Hey, you're a hypochondriac. Really? But I'm really sick. I actually am. Hey, you stink. Like, I merely have an earthy aroma. We do this, like it's fun to like joke about it, but like we do that. We, we, we share, we compare our highlights to people's lowlights on the regular. We do it. Like look how great we did. And look at what they're doing. Wow. How dare they do that? Really? How dumb do you have to be? Seriously? And sometimes for some of us, what we end up doing is, and if you notice what Jesus says, He's, he's like, hey, you're, you're, good. you're the one going around trying to help everyone out. And that's a good thing. It's a good thing to like want to help people. But sometimes we can use our ministry uh, activity as a reason to ignore what's really going on me, what's going on in ourselves. Like we can get so busy trying to help other people that we, instead of coming to grips with what's going on inside of us, We focus on everyone else, and all the while, we're not dealing with our own stuff. Like some of us, we read our Bible, we do Bible studies, we we go to community group, we go to a bunch of events, we try and go and do all these things, and, and it's to keep us busy so that we don't have to come to grips with what's really going on in ourselves. And Jesus is saying, hey, you need to spend some time uh, recognizing what's going on in you before you start worrying about trying to help someone else and what's going on in them. And so he goes on, Matthew 7, uh, verse 5, Jesus says, uh, he's real, uh, he is real blunt, but he's not wrong. Hypocrite! 
First take the beam of wood out of your eye. It's like, you know, you're walking around. And you just, you just walk, it's just whatever, it's a new day, like you've gotten used to this thing. And Jesus is like, hey bro, uh, can you take a look at something? You got a beam of wood, you got a two by four stuck in out of your eye. And he hands you this very fancy hand mirror, you see that? It's my daughter's, it's very pretty. Um, because Jesus is fabulous. Uh, and so he gives that to me and I'm like, ah! Whoa! What is going on with this beam of wood in my eye? Like I just got a haircut, I thought I was looking good, and then I got this thing. Dude didn't tell me about that when he cut my hair. You know, like, what in the world is going on? That's what Jesus wants to do for us. He wants to let us know, hey, uh, you do have some stuff in your life that you need to be aware of. And bro, stop walking around with this beam of wood in your eye. Take it out. Oh, man, I just, I, I feel so much. Like, can I be honest with you guys? Like, when I took that out, like, I, I just feel so much better. Like, I was walking around with a lot of weight on my shoulders. A lot of, a lot of burden. And I didn't even realize it. Man, I, I feel way better when I took this out. And, and can you imagine, like, I can actually see better now. Um, so, you know, like, this is, this doesn't belong in our eyes. And Jesus is trying to show us, hey, um, that is not good for you. Have you come to grips with the fact that maybe there's something in you that you need to let go of and get out of and give to Jesus? And so Jesus goes on. He says this in verse 5. He he says it again. I'll just read it. Hypocrite, first take the beam of wood out of your eye. And then, here's the cool thing. And then you will see clearly to take the splinter out of your brother's eye. So it's almost like Jesus came full circle with this whole illustration. He starts out, hey, don't judge. Don't. Just don't. Stop it. Stop it. And then he comes around all the way and says, hey, um... Maybe if you were willing to take the beam of wood out of your eye, you would actually be helpful with your brother who has a splinter in theirs. Because when we recognize that there's been some beams of woods in our, uh, in our eye and we've, we've recognized the need to take it out and we've, we've put it uh, aside and we've laid it at Jesus' feet, when we've gone through that, when we've recognized our own sinfulness and then we went through a journey of letting go of it, then we can be so much more helpful with people. Then we can be so much more compassionate with people when they're dealing with some struggles, when they got those splinters in their eyes. This is what Jesus is saying. Hey, stop it. Just stop it right now. You're doing it all wrong. Jesus is saying, hey, don't. He's not saying don't help your brother who has a splinter in their eye. He's saying, hey, actually help them. Don't just judge to condemn. And by the way, followers of Jesus, this is for us as a family. It's not for you going out to someone who doesn't follow Jesus and say, hey, you got some splinters in your eye. They got, they got enough things. They need to know who Jesus is before they can know about the splinters in their eye. They need to see you being the kind of family of God that God's called you to be, where you can spur one another on to good works, where you can come alongside of each other and say, hey, I've been there before. I know what it's like to have that log of wood in my eye. I know what it's like to have those splinters. Here's how to get it. And you come alongside of them and say, hey, here's my mirror. Um, it's fabulous, I know, but don't get distracted by that. Just take a look. This is, here, you see those, you see those scars right there? Those, those were from when I took this step. I've got some scars. I've been around the block. I know that Jesus is faithful to take it away 
from you. You can, you can let go of it. And you can become a person who's shaped by grace and not by judgment. Shaped by grace and mercy. Not by condemnation. Because isn't that what Jesus did for us? He didn't condemn us. He came to set us free. Because now, for those who are in Christ Jesus, there is no longer any condemnation. This is what I want us to, to walk away with, is that if we're looking to have come to Jesus uh, meetings with others, you know what I'm talking about, come to Jesus meetings, when we haven't had that meeting ourselves, we're not following Jesus, we're following ourselves. If we are going to be the kind of people God's calling us to be as followers of his, then we are going to be the people who recognize the need to deal with our own stuff, to recognize that we have our own stuff. And then be willing to come alongside of someone in love. Here's, here's two things. That, that two keys to being a person who's not a hypocritical condemner, but who's a loving helper. Because isn't that what you want to be in life? Would you rather be a hypocritical condemner? Put your hands up. Or would you rather be a loving helper? Hands up. Amen. Okay. All right. Well, then I'm glad you're interested because I've got two little things for you. Number one is self-awareness. If you want to be that kind of person who's a loving helper, then you have to be self-aware. You have to be aware of what's going on in yourself. When, when, we can, when we can look ourselves in the mirror and see ourselves for who we really are, not who we think we are, not who we've decided that we would be because we put our own labels on our own selves and, and we've adopted the labels of other people, but when we can be self-aware of who God says we are and who we are in light of that and where we are in that journey of following Jesus, here's what we'll recognize. We'll recognize the need to say, Jesus, please, Please just let, just take this out of my, I, I don't want to live like this anymore. And we will willingly and, and, and just graciously and passionately ask him to take it away. And then when we come into contact with someone who's like that too, who's dealing with that, that same thing, we'll be way more compassionate, way more loving with them. And we'll actually be able to help. If we're not self-aware, if we've lost sight of who we used to be, then we need to do some digging and remember where we came from. Do you remember the you before Jesus got a hold of you? Do you remember the you last week when you were deciding to push Jesus aside? Do you remember that? Keep that in your mind so that you can know that you're still on a journey just like they are too. So number one is self-awareness. Number two is community. Community. Uh, Jesus wants us to be in relationships where we can tell each other the truth, y'all. He wants us to have people in our lives who can tell us the truth, and he wants us to have people in our lives where we can tell them the truth. We, we need to have relationships who are going to cause us and, and prod us and pull us and lovingly push us to Jesus. We need those kinds of people in our lives. We are better together. And so the standard is not uh, us comparing our own goodness to other people's goodness. Our, our standard is us comparing our goodness to Jesus' goodness. And when we recognize that we're not even close, then we'll recognize the need for people in our lives to lovingly pull us, push us, prod us to Jesus. And we'll, we'll know what it's like to come alongside someone and say, Hey, bro, I've been there. I, I get it. And, and here's my scars to prove it. 
I just, I just encourage you to maybe take this mirror and, and do some, do some self-awareness, some digging yourself. And maybe you'll see what Jesus is wanting to do in you. After all, isn't that how Jesus dealt with us? Isn't it? Isn't that what Jesus did for us? Like he saw us with our beams of wood in our eyes. He saw us hopeless and helpless. We're just walking around. We didn't even know it. A lot of us, we weren't even aware of our sinfulness. We we had no idea. But one day God convicted us and he showed us the truth of what Jesus did. Jesus came so that he could take the beams of wood out of our eye. And not just throw them to the side, but Jesus did something different with the beams of wood. Jesus took the beams of wood that were in our eye and he put it on his back. So that he could set us free from those things. He nailed them to the cross so that we could walk in freedom. That's what Jesus did. He came as the conquering king to not only forgive us of our sin, to pay the penalty that we couldn't pay. But he he rose from the grave on the third day, defeating death. Now we are no longer in bondage to what we've done, no longer in bondage to death itself. But because Jesus is the conquering king, ascended to the right hand of the throne of the Father in heaven. He's the king of kings, lord of lords. And he's inviting us, hey, take it out and give it to me. And what I'll do with it is I'll create this. I'll make this into your story. And your story is not only going to bless you, but it's going to bless other people around you because then you're going to be able to have a testimony to share when they're dealing with their own stuff and they don't see the way out. You'll be able to be the person they can come to and they can find hope because you're the person they used to be or that they are. You you used to be who they are right now and you are the one who can show them the light because you've experienced the light because Jesus took your beam of wood and put it on the cross. That's what Jesus has done for us. And so he's inviting us to be his people who are recognizing our own sinfulness and loving people in light of that. Because sometimes it can be really hard to love people well, y'all. Did you know that? Jesus did say, hey, love people, but he did not say, hey, love one another and it'll be really easy. So here's two things that all of us can do. Two things. Just two little steps. The first thing is this. Take a look in the mirror. Just take a look. And I really do, like, I'm actually encouraging you to go home and look yourself in the eye in the mirror. And and use that time as an opportunity to pray and ask God, Hey, Lord, search me and know me. Identify any wrong way inside of me. Show me that and show me the path to life. Look yourself in the mirror. Remember who you are and who you are in God's eyes. You are not what they said about you. You are what you are who God says you are. So take a look in the mirror and the second thing is to join a community group. If we really are better together then we need to have people in our lives. And so we're going to be we're going to be starting community groups back up on a regular weekly basis in September. And so after service, go to the Welcome Center. If you're not a part of a community group, then then jump into one. It's simply small groups of people who meet in their homes 
a couple, couple of meeting in uh, the youth center, and, and we share life. We share what's going on, and we look in the scriptures, and we pray for each other. We hold each other accountable to what God is wanting us to do, and we lovingly practice this kind of thing where we can show each other the truth. And, and so for some of you, you are in a community group, like you're on the roster, but you haven't really joined. Uh, like you're in it, but you've not joined. There's a difference, y'all. So I, I encourage you, if you're in a community group right now, to actually join it. Like when we start meeting again, jump in. Actually make it a priority. I know you're busy, you're busy, you're really important. All the things you got going on is important. I, I get it, but this is important. This is important. Join your community group. Give yourself over. Be vulnerable with those people. Because you, you're not going to be able to get past your mistrust with people until you start to take a step to trust someone. And so take a step. Something just happened. I don't know what happened, but we're going to keep going. So church, I would encourage you, look in the mirror and jump into a community group. Church, would you stand? We're going to pray and sing to our awesome God. Especially because someone's just like, all right, Brandon, you're done. You know? <laughs> Let's pray. God, thank you so much for caring for us, giving us your grace, giving us your truth, showing us that without you, we have no hope, but with you, we have more hope than we can even imagine. Lord Jesus, would you please show us where we have issues, where we have splinters in our eyes, where we have beams of wood in our eyes, God, whatever that is, whether it's, uh, w- whether it's a, a mistrust in someone, whether it's a, a habitual sin we've not uh, brought to you and, and surrendered to you, God, whatever it is, God, would you encourage us to, to leave that at your feet and ask you to take it up? Because we know that you will. So, Lord Jesus, would you please um, meet us right here where we are, Holy Spirit, please um, show us what we need to do in response to your word. Help us not to be, Lord, judgmental people who push people away from you, but to be loving people who spur one another on toward you. That is your hope, and we're so grateful to be able to be a part of it. Because we're so grateful that you, seeing us in our sin, you did not condemn us, but you made a way for us to be rescued and ransomed in your name. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast by First Church of Christ in Bluffton, Indiana. For more information, visit FCCFamily.com.